Welcome to Dogs of Warcry. Dogs of Warcry is a podcast from the Mortal Realms focusing on Warcry, a fast-paced cinematic skirmish game by Games Workshop. You can expect discussions on gameplay, rules, lore, painting, terrain, campaigns, and events. Welcome to Dogs of Warcry. In episode 3 of season 5, we're going to dive into the new expansion, Sundered Fate. We're going to discuss the terrain, the new rules, the different warbands, and along the way, we'll talk about our hobby progress and the games that we've had. My name is Josh, and answering the call with me this week are Eric and Vint. How are hey you guys everybody. doing? Hey, hey, how's it going? Woo woo. Looking forward to chatting tonight. Yeah, we had time to kind of wade through this material, check out the warbands. Some neat stuff this time, definitely. Well, every time, really. But <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks, thanks to Games Workshop for uh, again for the uh, early box uh, to review and take a look at. This is the first season where we've had uh, maybe this much content uh, coming mm-hmm. out in the form of terrain and starter boxes and stuff. Um, so we weren't sure what to expect, and uh, I think we we're all pretty happy with what we what we found in the box. So yeah, uh, looking forward to talking more about that. You guys all uh, up in the holiday spirit? You ready for this season, this white Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, uh, Kwanzaa holiday uh, energy? You guys got it in spades? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Got gifts, you know, waiting for gifts, you know, all the good things, you know, hobby stuff going on, some time off to work on hobby. It's yeah. great. Amazon trucks stopping every other day. <laughs> right. It's the DHL trucks up by me. I have to make sure I wave. Nice, nice. Uh, International shipments for you. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. kids off of school. So hopefully, uh, I had uh, I had my son was actually home sick today. So we were he helped me film a couple of things for an upcoming TikTok. Mm, Uh, Fun. uh, More TikToks. Wow. Yeah, we're having fun. Having fun. Uh, good. Well, I'm glad because I'm. I hope. I wish you all the best this holiday season, and listeners, you as well. Should we jump into uh, uh, the Forge of Mithraxis? Oh yes. Cool. Oh, yes. Uh, I want to hear about it. Who Who wants to go first with this hobby? Who's Who's had the most? Who's Who's pumped? Who's excited? Who's got it? I think Vint. Vint should go first. All right, I'll kick it off. I nice. uh, I went to I I had a tournament recently for Age of Sigmar. I went to with the New Slaves of Darkness book, which was fun to play with. Why it's awesome for this podcast specifically is because I brought some Warcry stuff with me, most notably a reinforced unit of Raptorix. Uh, anybody that was at our event last year knows I have a couple. And <laughs> so putting 12 on the table for 120 points was super neat. And uh, they did an alarming amount of work for uh, angry, <laughs> angry birds that ran around. Um, so that was pretty cool. And uh, they looked neat on the table. I also had some Spire Tyrants running around. And it was it was a good it was a good time. Um, I got to play with uh, a couple of our friends down in Illinois that are on the Tundra Tactics team. That was fun, and uh, got to talk to them. They're looking at running a, a War Cry event down there, and uh, wanted me to let you two, as well as the rest of our listeners, know that when that happens, I'll be posting it elsewhere, like on our Discord. 
um, or talking about it on the podcast because they have a war cry group that is just in its budding stages and they wanted to cordially invite us down. So I, uh, I might swing down and play down there. Sweet. Um, other hobby I've been working on, uh, I have one of my friends from, uh, he drives, uh, drives semi. And so he's not around all that often, but he's going to be around for the holidays. We're going to do a 40 K narrative because this guy loves dwarves, all things dwarven. Uh, <laughs> and he's learning leagues of Votan and 40 K at the same time. And, uh, nice. Uh, we're going to do a cooperative narrative event where we play against uh, Necrons or Eldar, or, or not Eldar, sorry, I'm playing Eldar, uh, Eldari, Craft Worlds, and he's going to be playing um, his Leagues of Otan into Tyranids or Necrons. Uh, it should be fun. Um, and then I also, uh, I talked about it a little bit, but I have accepted the Zechian Challenge as my uh, the, the numbers that form how old I am. <laughs> turn into nine. So at 36, three plus six is nine. So one of my friends challenged me to only play Zeech until I'm 37. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's, so I'm going to be building up some pretty wild Zeech teams to play in Warcry and Age of Sigmar and 40k and all sorts of wild stuff. So uh, it's a good time for him, but that's, that's the, uh, that's the, on the docket on the hobby table uh, for this week. Very, very nice. cool. Very cool. Josh, what you been up to? I have been busy with a lot of family, like pre-holiday school events, typically. <laughs> so lots and lots of concerts and stuff to go to, which have been wonderful. But I haven't gotten as much hobby as I wanted. But this last weekend, I did get the Sundered Fate terrain put together, except for like the second batch of scattered terrain, because I've already got two sets with the original box. So I'm still kind of deciding whether or not I want to put together the others and I'll paint those up as well. Yeah. I might. The bridges well, for sure. Okay. I was going to say, if you don't want the sprue, I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. The bridges for sure. And, and the other uh, scattered terrain bits, I am thinking of using it as like modeling opportunities. So like taking the trees off of something or maybe embedding it into a like heavily vegetated, you know, terrain piece or adding mm -hmm. something to like some of the ruined buildings from the original set to kind of change it up a bit maybe. Yeah. And then also my uh, my new 3D printer arrived today, something I kickstarted uh, more than a year ago, and it's finally out. Yeah, so it's a, it was a pricier than my, my basic printer, um, but it's supposed to have all the bells and whistles, print things five times faster, save filament and all that fun stuff. So right. I'm looking forward to getting that set up over the uh, the next week where I have a off work, which would be nice, uh, next week after, after the Christmas holiday. Uh, and then, yeah, putting it to work. Awesome. Yeah, we'll be, uh, I'm sure we'll be thinking of, of ways to, to fill the, the print queue. Uh, oh, yeah. We've got trays to, to, to print out. we got lots of stuff. Uh, very cool. And I've got I've to get mine up and running again. I've still, I was thinking about the same thing that over this break, hopefully I'll have the time to, to yep. declog that nozzle. Anyway, uh, what have I been working on? Uh, I've been working on uh, building a new Warcry board full of terrain, specifically the Necromunda gang stronghold terrain, uh, and trying to convert it or, you know, make it feel more like a Cogfort encampment uh, for my Cogfort warband. Uh, and that's been lots of fun and just kind of, I, I had seen it, I was looking at it. It's one of those things where then I, I was able to pick up a kind of used pre-built box fairly cheap and I got that in my hands and I was like, I need a second one of these went over to the local store and grabbed it uh, and been putting them together and 
uh, spirit periods of time of it just sitting on my desk for, you know, like days looking at it, peeking at it, tweaking stuff, etc. So, uh, and I've started, uh, painting it and, and testing out paint schemes and stuff for it. Awesome. And, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of putting that on the table, like coming up with a scenario for it, coming up with traps and, uh, cool movement shenanigans and stuff. So if somebody's interested in playing, uh, trying to siege my fort, um, that'll be kind of some fun to in store for them. So, yeah. So looking forward to, to putting that together. And then as part of that, I guess I've been trying to make some TikTok videos and it started with doing an unboxing and preview of the Sundered Fate box. Uh, mm-hmm. since we get this, it'd be great to put some more terrain out, uh, or more videos out, more content out. Uh, and I've wanted to, uh, kind of start making short form videos for a long time. So I'm using it as an excuse for that. So if you are on TikTok and you search for Warcry, hopefully you'll find some of our videos, but the, the account is Dogs of Warcry. So come come uh, check them out, watch them, share them, like them, all that kind of cool stuff. And follow follow, and I'll follow you back. So that's all I've been up to. It's been nice. That's I can't wait forge. to see some of those. Yeah. All right. Well, after that, we're going to dive into our path to glory. where We talk about our war bands and quests that we've been in for League. Um, this next week, well, you know, tomorrow, in fact, we're going to be going into week eight of our league, the final week, and we'll tally it up and uh, hand out some some titles and things to the, to the members in the group. I, unfortunately, have not been able to play for the last three weeks due to, you know, other activities, but I would love to hear what you guys have been up to. Eric, why don't we start with you? Sure. I've been playing uh, the Caradron Overlords. In this case, I've been playing my converted Jukaridron uh, Overlords. Uh, sky elves and have been having a lot of fun with them it's a different kind of warband than the cities of sigmar um you know i've got two or three flyers in the group and so they pretty much go wherever they want and uh, try and beat up whoever they want not always successfully you know they may be they're a little bit uh you know a couple of them will will shatter when they get hit back Uh, they're not terribly strong uh, on defense but it's been, but then on the flip side, I've been playing with a lot of uh, Arcanauts with cutters, and man, they're slow. And this warband, more than than the Cities of Sigmar, I very rarely do half of my does my opponent take out half my warband, and I think primarily because my warband doesn't actually get to the middle of the board very fast. Uh, so we don't have to; they reach out and touch. Well, yeah, uh, not necessarily that effectively, but it's it's. I find myself uh, a little easier to just try and double double click, you know, um, you know, double double attack from afar. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not that effective, it's not any more effective for them to charge in and, and attack, you know, that sort of thing. So they tend to, yeah, stay out of combat, uh, just play them for activations, and then let other things do the work. Uh, obviously, once in a while, they they have a good role and they they do something. I guess uh, I've been playing a lot against uh, our friend Joe's um, Rottmeyer, Reed. and uh, he's been. It sounds like he's been doing great against other warbands, but against my warband, he's just having a hell of a time. And part of that is we've had a couple of scenarios where things have just bent my way a little bit, uh, where he's had to come to me in order to 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 you know get towards the victory or play play towards the victory condition. Which is nice because then I don't have to move and I can just right. wait. Um, and shoot. So, and, <laughs> yep, and shoot. And specifically, I've got um, I've got two. Oh, what are they called? Um, Aether cannons. Yeah. What is the What is the name of the base 
unit though. Um, Thunder Aether Cannons. Yeah, Thunder Aether Cannons. And they are a one attack, strength five, five, ten damage, uh, which, I mean, in previous edition, I had a, you know, a, um, a long strike uh, crossbow stormcast that would do that, right? And it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was crazy. It seemed to do the, do a lot of work uh, back then. However, uh, in this, with the, with the KO, I, uh, one of the uh, leadership abilities is giving plus one to hit or plus one attack uh, within a three inch bubble to anything. And then uh, if that leader also has treasure, then it's plus two attacks. Uh, and so in a, mm-hmm. in a recent game playing against Mike's a flesh eater court, I had, I had the opportunity to have one of those uh, roll three dice uh, in a, uh, in a, uh, an attack and it took out it did 20 damage uh, and took out um, a big beast. Uh, however, that was the uh, only time uh, that I was able to roll, to roll with those guys because they were swarmed pretty easily and pretty fast. So when uh, their shooting doesn't get sort of uh, nullified and negated, they, they're, they're good for you know 10 to 15 damage uh, per game. So uh, I like that a lot. It's they're scary. So people treat them yeah. uh, with a lot of uh, reverence and a uh, fear. And so uh, <laughs> right. they exactly. kind of become a little bit of a deterrent because if you get close enough, you get within range. There's just that threat of them rolling a 10 and taking out. Uh, they're great at, I, I love taking out chaff with them. You know, I like, yeah, I haven't, I haven't shot at monsters yet. I uh, would love to, you know, take a, take some monsters down a couple of pegs. I'll give you an opportunity. Yeah. All right. All right. When we play next, uh, at our last uh, league night, so I, I guess uh, the I would say I don't know that my winning streak is that much better. I would say that I've had more. more I, I guess it's maybe a little bit better. Where if, if I was winning thirty three percent of the time, I'm probably winning closer to fifty percent of the time right now. Uh, but uh, I feel like I'm getting myself into some weird situations where I end up losing, you know, uh, over bad decisions and you know, good, good roles for my opponent. So it's, I mean, I don't feel like I'm any more like over the top successful. I will say I, I, one of the things I am afflicted by is I, I, because I like to, and maybe I talked about this on last time. I love, I love doing <laughs> demo games. And so it's always in a spirit of like, I want them to have a fun game, get all the mechanics, uh, be able to kill some stuff and, and, uh, you know, see, you know, get some, get some uh, successes and feel like they did a good job. And so I often feel bad when I play people and I win uh, or if I hit them big and they feel a little bad about it and you know what, I'm going to turn over and leave. I still want them to have fun. I still want people to have fun. Uh, but for my friends, mm-hmm. I'm going to stop feeling bad about kicking their tookses. Yeah. You should not feel bad. Uh, we recently, um, Josh picked up, uh, did an order for some uh, well-balanced dice uh, and uh, so we yeah, well, well, just do a shout out to Dan from the Salty Sea. Thank you for your video. <laughs> and now several of us felt like we had to buy some. Yep, yep. <laughs> and so I was playing a game against Mike, and I every time I rolled, I was like, uh, I'm rolling my perfectly balanced dice, and I'd roll them, and so that I would feel no guilt whatsoever about uh, sixes or anything like that. So, but uh, uh, I've been having a lot of fun playing them. I am uh, eager actually to get back to my cities of Sigmar. Somewhat because I want to, um, you know, play some new units and try some new things and experiment with the list. Thinking about um, maybe possibly doing Sylvaneth, and but using mechanized cool. Sylvaneth, so using some more of the Adeptus Mechanicus stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but more so, I want to be able to be uh, finishing up our monster and being able to put that on the table, and uh, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and build up this terrain and create this board. So I'm kind of having fun with that. The, I guess the last thing I'll say is I, I created a prototype, uh, kind of a, a labyrinth board where all the, the tiles shift. I can't remember if I talked about this one in, the, in any episodes, but I've got some uh, TikTok videos on it and I posted some on the Discord. And I got to uh, play uh, Mike on that last time, and we had a lot of fun. And it was cool having something that I, I created be prototyped and other people playing on it, mm-hmm. and having fun with it. And it's uh, it's awesome. If I can get my 3D printer back uh, working, then we'll probably make some more progress on that. So um, sweet, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, we've been busy. I think good for for the both of us. I don't know, Vint, have you have you been able to get more games in than I have? Um. I mean, I've gotten a few in, uh, not really a ton for for League Night specifically, but have been getting some games in here and there uh, off camera, off, out of League. Um, <laughs> you cheat on Which have been good just to, <laughs> oh no, just, you know, some home games. Did some teaching stuff uh, with a couple people. I don't know if it was in our last podcast, but when I got my monster, I used a new person who hadn't played before. And I know that might be a little bit sketchy, but you know, they didn't have a war band. They didn't have really what they were looking for. And just sat with them, sat down with them after work and, and played a quick game and showed them how their monster would work. And because it gets three activations, they felt like, Oh wow, this is cool. And when they got a hold of something, they killed it. They thought that was neat. So now we've got some new people that are looking and, it was a nice way to reach out and be inclusive with people who might not even, and this was their first Warhammer experience in general. They'd never heard of 40K, never heard of Age of Sigmar. So mm-hmm. Warcry was their first experience and it was very approachable and inclusive. And that was nice. good. Um, but yeah, like you, Josh, I've had, I've had a few weeks of interference, so I haven't quite been able to get, get to league lately. So, and that's fine. We just miss you as well. But, oh, I miss, I miss you guys too. Uh, I got to, like I said, I got to the tournament this weekend and I used some of my Warcry stuff there. Um, and that was kind of nice. Uh, and that was fun. Did fairly well. Got to see a lot of really cool armies, a lot of pretty stuff. Um, it's always nice to go and see like giant armies of beautifully painted models. And, uh, right. there is no shortage of those at that event. So got to play my Mutalith there though. And it is battle ready now. Sweet. Uh, which we'll get into, I'm sure, later. But yes. uh, yeah, I um, it was also kind of neat. Um, I in pulling out my Slaves to Darkness army, I had remembered that I had based them all uh, in sand that I had like taken uh, the Flesh Terror's contrast and applied mm-hmm. to a lot of it uh, to give them the look like they're in the Bloodwind Spoils, so it looks like Blood Sand. Mm, and sure. uh, I was like, yeah, Bloodwind Spoils army, let's go. And so that's, that was kind of fun too. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very awesome. You know, that's, you know, I'm glad you guys are able to get some games in. I'm definitely looking forward to getting some games in tomorrow. And it sounds like uh, my stepson Ben will be coming as well. So that'll be fun. Uh, one, I guess, you know, we should probably add like an events category. Uh, Vint mentioned one that was coming up, but uh, we just found out today that Dan from Salty Sea is running a Warcry tournament on January 21st up in the Minnesota area. Um, it's going to be a competitive and narrative event. So um, as we get closer, we'll provide some additional information on that. But just search for that um, out there, and uh, it should be a fun event. Absolutely. That, pass it off to you, Vint. 
All right, so on the visions of madness, dun dun dun, where we talk about the announcements and speculation of things that have come out since our last episode. Uh, one of them is White Dwarf 482, which came with a bunch of really cool stuff. When you open up the box, you get like cards and all sorts of things. But the nice and Warcry specific thing was kind of this little tray you can put your your Warcry dice in, and uh, if you set it up. Um, you can like kind of fold it together or glue it together and it turns into this really nice little dice tray for you. Um, or tracker if you mm-hmm. will. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, like that a lot. It also goes through a Warcry battle report where we've got, uh, the horns of Hushut versus the Rotmeyer Creed. Um, yeah. Very nice. And, awesome. Unique board. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the board they play it on is gorgeous. Yeah. Um, also kind of, you know, I've seen a lot of the Rottmeyer Creed in greens, and this one's kind of cool because they give them a lot of leather, um, and I somehow feel like that makes them look even stinkier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, the board is awesome. Uh, I thought it was kind of cool. They don't really talk about it, but when I look at that board, the first thing that comes to my mind is that they built in holes and water hazards and using those as, you know, mm-hmm. hazardous terrain, I think is just kind of a neat idea. Um, giving you some options in the realm of Gur that aren't climb the mountain and fall off the top to throw somebody into some damage. And that, right. that I think is pretty neat. Yeah, yeah. They did kind of go into this when they in the in the White Dwarf. Uh, we mentioned it, I think, in our last podcast where they, they did a whole bunch of uh, overviews of different warbands people provided. But somebody had done this custom board. So in this particular White Dwarf, they do an actual battle report on that board, which is cool. Uh, I also like that in this one, they, they add the new Bladeborne uh, return, right? Woo! So you have Bladeborne and Narrative, Faction Rune Market. It kind of goes through all the, the Bladeborne stuff. Um, and then it adds the two, the Gnarl Spirit Pack and the Sons of Velmorn. Um, mm-hmm. And that's super neat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so eventually, eventually we should get rules or updated rules for the rest. That'd be nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm certain those will come too. You know, and if if not, they might just sneak them into the the big download online, which would be neat too. Yep, yep, definitely. The 483 White Dwarf, I haven't been able to pick up yet. I think it's just a little delayed. That's okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Tis the season for shipping <laughs> delays and uh, inclement weather. Right. So uh, I'm hoping to see if some of the shops around town have picked it up or have have it for tomorrow so we can talk more about it. But I'm super excited about the Corvus Camp- uh, Cabal campaign stuff. Um, some of the teasers look like it's going to be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it's it's like the first example. So for both expand, you know, for the, the uh, Heart of Gur and the uh, Sundered Fate all came out with unique campaigns, you know, quests, you know, for your items, your heroic traits, and a you know your encampment location. And we had speculated, you know, people have asked, well, I wonder if they'll do this for some of the older stuff. And I think this is the first example where they pulled an older warband and said, oh, yeah, here's all the new stuff for it. And I think that's awesome because it sets a precedent, but also they do some, they add some really neat stuff for Corvus Cabal. And, and you had talked about playing Corvus Cabal, so I was like, oh, this is great timing. <laughs> Yeah, I was uh, initially planning on doing, you know, corn-themed uh, Corvus because I thought that they were, you know, in, in reading, I, I almost feel like in some ways they are 
very coronate. You know, you collect the skulls of your enemies, you collect the the tokens of, of demise of your foes or mm-hmm. of great mm-hmm. conquests you've done. And uh, I know that that might be an unpopular opinion, but I think that that's sometimes how I see them. But now it's year of each, so, and I promised I'd play them next. So they are on my building table right now uh, as we speak. And uh, I'm going to be painting them up in fun blues and teals and greens and horror colors because, you know, they're going to be Zeechian is all get out now. Um, so can't wait. The to great gatherer indeed. Uh, <laughs> so I think I, I'm very excited to try out the new stuff and, you know, having it all launch at about the same time is it just, you know, as the fates would align it, <laughs> uh, it's going to be super cool. <laughs> the ravaged lands, Narwood watch camp. The original set with a little extra terrain, it's just a nice grab if you needed more. Uh, or if you're looking at building a multi-tiered or multi-level camp um, table. Or mm-hmm. if you're just looking at having an entire Age of Sigmar table with this kind of dedicated terrain. Or if you didn't get the main box set and you wanted to yeah. it, this will help and you. And just out. note True. on that, uh, when you look at the a couple of different places you look, like I don't know if it's the cover of the box one of the terrain pieces isn't shown. And then when you go to the website and look through, you know, like when it shows you each of the terrain sets, another one wasn't there when I looked, Hmm. but it was a different one. So I think all of the, all four of the trees or the three trees and the um, tower with the skull and horn are all there. Um, So if you, but if you look at it and you're like, "Eh, is one of them missing? No, they're all there. So, yeah. Yeah, and one set of the well, like one sprue of the scattered yep. terrain. So in the in the main box, you got two sets, but yeah, this is got you got one yep. set. So, and then what's happening with the? Are they putting out all the original warbands? Yep, the original warbands are coming out separately, so you can go buy your Rotmire Creed in quintuplicate by itself finally, and your Horns of Hashut as well. Um, and that's just kind of nice uh, to go to go scoop. You don't have to buy a big box of both and worry about splits. You just go buy your Rottmeyer Creed. I saw three Nurgle players at this, uh, this tournament this weekend, and every single one of them had Rottmeyer Creed. So I got to see oh, a bunch cool. of our, our stilt-walking uh, buddies, and <laughs> it was it was cool. Uh, they were scary. I uh, I did not realize yeah. they hit that hard in Age of Sigmar, too. And uh, it, it made for a, a fun and very terrifying experience. And then I ate them with a mind stealer spherinx, which was yet another <laughs> I, I, mind stealer spherinxes and foamroid crushers. Man, half my list was war cry. I swear. Uh, but they did the thing. They, they, we were able to get eaten by a spherinx. It just took them a lot longer. Uh, they're pretty sturdy in age of Sigmar. So if you're, you're looking at expanding out into a, a, a bigger army of Rottmeyer Creed, it's not a bad idea. One of the things I was really excited about, was that they updated the Warcry roster builder on the Warhammer community site, and it tracks yep. really yeah. well. Uh, it is mm-hmm. super smooth, super intuitive, super easy to use. I played around with that four days and still am with uh, different warbands to make it easy. And uh, I use the old Varen Scribe a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And so to be able to update and put my list into that as well. The, maybe this is a question for you guys too. Are there other list building apps or things you guys use? Yeah, I think... Uh... Battle Scribe is always updated. There's a guy Hood, I th- or I think it's Hood, on the uh, Warcry um, Discord who updates it religiously. So I know people use that quite a bit, but uh, I've always seen more on the Varen Scribe and, and the Roster Builder now. 
just because I don't have to download a different program or whatever else that I can just like, Oh, I got this idea. Quick, go on the website, check it out. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. That'll work. The, so. the main thing to note about the variant scribe is that it's brought it's um, browser and cookie specific. So if you're looking at it on your phone, you build a list and then you go to your uh, computer and go to a new browser and do that. It won't, you won't be able to look up your same stuff on a different computer. So it's all kind of cached into your browser. Um, so, uh, whereas Battlescribe is an app, so you have your stuff all saved there, kind of thing. But and a lot more detail. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But it, yeah, and I mean, I've I've watched people use Notepad for it, and that works fine <laughs> too. But it's uh, you know, it's 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 nice to use the Battlescribe. It's cool that it's it's somebody on our our Discord. You said Josh that uh, updates no, it. That's the, super uh, nice on the main Warcry Discord. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's super neat. I uh, yeah. I didn't realize it was. It was that uh, I knew it was community driven, right? Because all the other mm-hmm. ones are too. But yeah, it's just it's been super smooth and super well done. So I've used that for a long time, mm-hmm. um, and because I do a lot of narrative play for other systems as well, I like to go in and name my stuff, and it has that ability. Right. And so because I already have that for other lists, when I was able to go in, I was like, "Look, I'm naming all my characters. Look at how fun this is." But it, it's it was just very good. I like the very inspire the new uh, the new Warcry uh, roster builder is just nice, uh, and it's mm-hmm. fast. Um, I bring my laptop with me everywhere anyway. I bring my phone with me everywhere anyway. So between the two, I can get the list and, and figure it out pretty fast. And mm-hmm. it's been it's been fun and really easy to use. Um, pretty intuitive. Yep. I also am excited. Right as a Slaves of Darkness player, eleven of the older Warcry warbands. The, the, War Beast, the Allies, all of it, all of the older stuff uh, coming through that you can buy again in, Ooh, in I think, yes. White Box. Yeah, I know. I was like, been... this is perfect, because you, you had so much trouble getting the Corvus Cabal that you wanted, and I was like, all right, finally, it's all coming yeah. out and again and available for people who are just getting in again. And the Allies are awesome. You know, There's a couple I don't have. I should probably pick up while I can. So. Well, one of, our, uh, one of our fellow podcasters went on this absolute... Uh, adventure quest to go find a Myrmidon and they were everywhere in, in, in the universe trying to find one. And I was driving to all the shops that are local to see if they had one in their back room and asking them if they would check their back stock and was uh downtown, like had to park and walk a ways to, to get to this shop that's in a, in a walking only area and asked them to like, let me go through their back stock with them to see if I could find it. And though I did find some really cool stuff, <laughs> uh, I did not find an ogre and Myrmidon anywhere. And so this giant quest, this, this massive endeavor uh, resulted in the week after it finally showed up uh, at his house. And he was very excited about it from another country, no less uh, <laughs> that uh, we get the announcement that they're coming back in stock. And you can yeah, order yeah, again. yeah. And, I know. And I, um, I turned mine into a, you know, a, leader for my beast of chaos army so now i gotta pick one up for its own mm-hmm. <laughs> right yeah they're super neat super super neat absolutely yeah i can't um, wait to get rooms for the rules for the theradons then we can have like multiple over-its. and then because, i guess so, speculation yeah. all over it's speculation all when do we think we'll see the next box expansion you mean yeah so we got well, uh heart of gur yeah. in august Mm-hmm. And then uh, mm-hmm. the Sundered Fate came to us in November. Right. right. Um, yeah, late November. So it should be, what, uh, late February or March? Yeah. Probably early March. Yeah, yeah I was thinking February. Cool. Yeah, yeah, maybe late February. So 
just in time for Adepticon. Right. Yeah, it'd be Ooh. early March. I'm guessing early March. Cool. So then we've got we've got a couple of months to revel in what we have and any new white dwarves that are coming out with you know, since the Corvus Cabal got stuff, the next mm-hmm. uh white dwarf may have the untamed beasts, you know, you know, to get the the yeah. very first ones, like the elder, you know, most important ones. Yeah, yeah, and the Gustavus yeah, uh, yeah, got yeah, stuff yeah. in the in a couple of white dwarfs to yep. go, which is nice. Yep. Yeah, so it's good to get something every month yeah. now. Very cool. All yeah. right, anything else in the speculation and announcements or crystal ball? No, I'm I'm excited. Uh, you know, anytime I turn my head, I'm hearing in the community that people are running events, and there's more of them and more regularity of them, and people looking for games all over the place for it. And you know, that's that's a pretty limited scope uh, by comparison to what our listener base is. But if you listen, get on the Discord. You've got an event posted, and I have a bunch of time off. I'd be more than happy to try and make it to your event. And if nothing else, I want to I want to be able to see it or watch it or hear about it because uh, I'm happy to live vicariously through your events too. But I'm just excited <laughs> to see so many more events, trying yes. to make it and, and getting kicked off. I'm always happy to run an event, but man, it is it is a treat when I get to play. Uh, so please post them in our Discord. Please let us know when they're coming and if they're coming. And uh, yep. I'll do my absolute best to try and make it out if you're somewhere in the yeah. Midwest. Speaking of... Speaking of events, then, where uh, can go- people go to learn more about our Adepticon event? Uh, some of that timing was announced recently, correct? Yeah. Uh, Adepticon events are out. Uh, I did confirm, so by the time of airing, this should be fixed, but the Warcry competitive is going to be Thursday night, and then Friday night is going to be a little event run by uh, the Dogs of Warcry. Oh, yeah. And that's going to be super cool, fun narrative event. Uh, come on out. Uh, we definitely have a lot of stuff prepared as of right now. So much stuff prepared. It is the most stuff prepared. <laughs> We're going to have a lot of fun. You guys should all come out and uh, play in our event. Uh, I won't be the ringer this year because Josh already asked me politely to not be. Uh, but <laughs> we'll, take turns. Uh, we'll all come. <laughs> we'll take turns. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be there running the event and it's going to be outstanding. Yep. So Friday, starting at 10 in the morning, I think. Yeah, I think they I think they slotted us from eleven to, 11 seven. to seven. But yeah, yeah, if you get there close to ten, then we you know we'll be make sure everything's set to go. You can help us set up yep. tables. We rock to your advantage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so absolutely. All right. Uh so that's that's everything there. Yeah, so now with that, we'll move on to the Circle of Paint Challenge. And listeners, as you may know, this year we are painting a monster. So as, as, as our last podcast, you know, we, we all have them assembled, you know, so now we'll get updates on where everybody is. And I'll just start with myself because mine is assembled and primed, but I have not yet applied paint. So we'll move on to Eric. Yeah. Uh, mine is assembled. Uh, it is the basing is all done because I'm, I took a model that I had uh, a steam tank using a dune crawler. And it's the base of this. And so it already sort of been put together, but I repainted it and, uh, painted the foliage and all this kind of stuff. Um, I've got to pin those legs back on there, but the whole uh, kind of carapace is has been assembled. The, the tentacles are tentacling. Uh, the cables I used some old guitar string, uh, like restrung my guitar for the first time in like three years. Pulled some of that guitar string to make more cabling, and uh, I have it all base coated. And I've even got some uh, moving parts. 
Uh, so when I push a thing, it, it moves and cool fancy, fancy stuff. Um, but what I'm stuck on is how I want to paint the armor. So like that that main kind of dome of it, I probably want to do it in a blue because I think that'd be really striking. But I'm struggling with how I want to paint it. And part of me wants to try and create a little stencil for it because I've got the right colors. Um, I got airbrush paints uh, to match my the colors I want to use. Mm-hmm. But I haven't settled on what the, what I want to have on it, whether it's a big emblem of the, you know, uh, COG 40. Yes, you should definitely do that. Maybe it's some numbers. Right. Like, you know, it's it's vehicle whatever, two or something. Yeah. Like 17. yeah. So I'm, I'm, that might be the right thing to go on there, but I'd also love to do something that's just like cool, like graphic and, and neat. So I don't know yet. I don't know yet. Kill markers. <laughs> 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 some little spills along yeah. the bottom <laughs> there's part of me that wants to open up there's a hatch on the front that I it's it's just um, molded in there but thinking about maybe cutting it open and having a dude like peeking out uh, you know awesome. stuff like that I don't know so I've got it to the point where everything's built but then all like the creative stuff is yet to be done or I'm coming up with some more things and, and I have, don't have a final mm-hmm, paint mm-hmm. scheme I want on it just yet sweet that's awesome how about you, Vin? Where are you at? Uh, I'm battle ready. Uh, so my model was built and primed a while back. I played it in this event because my original goal was to play my uh, Zeech Arcanite Warband from last uh, last season mm-hmm. of uh, Warcry uh, of our league and put it in and be like, this is the advancement of my story. But I just could not hash out the rest of the hobby for that pretty massive Zeech Mortals army. Uh, instead, however, um, I did get the Mutalith done instead and added him to my Slaves Darkness army. So he's he's based, he's the three colors, is everything. He's he's good. He's looking good. Uh, there's a lot of things I want to do to dial him up a little further. Uh, the gold undercoating came through really well, and I got a lot of compliments on the weird the weird blue on his back. But nice. he, uh, he looks good. I'm going to go through and do some dry brushing and edge highlighting is what's next, uh, as well as some color co- choice changes that I, uh, I made on the fly for him. Um, I used some of that new Do- Doomfire Magenta hmm. for the tentacles, and my goodness, was that a great tentacle color. So if you're <laughs> thinking about, hmm, what should I use? That color is, uh, I liked Vulpus Pink a lot. Uh, it was a very good pink. Uh, Magenta, Doomfire Magenta is like the perfect, weird, sickly tentacle color you, uh, you're you looking for in your Rolodex. What, what other strange paint colors would I need? Oh, tentacles. What do I need for that? Boom, figured it out for you right here on the podcast. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so there's, and there's a lot I want to do with his chaos portal on his back. Listeners, if you remember what that's called, an extra high five like for me vortex? when you see me next. It's 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 got a name. There's a it's a specific thing, and I can't recall off the top of my head. Anyway, uh, he's got the the portal of chaos on the top of his head, um, and that I've got. There's the three undercoats that I wanted before I actually start doing the highlights and dialing up. But I stopped it at a place where it was silvered and chromy before I add the the like I said the highlights and the glazes over the top of it to make it look like it's burning from like a blue flame all the way up to a yellow. Uh, should be really cool. However, as it stands, I was just making jokes about how there's only one Lord of the Spiral Crux. And uh, that that was fun to do. I think about two people got it at the <laughs> tournament, but they they liked that I was trying. So, uh, Is that where the, the portal on the uh, back of your uh, Mutalith 
goes, does it go to the spiral crux? Uh, it should. It should. It should go right into my Lord of Change's mouth. No. <laughs> um, to his belly. <laughs> to his belly. You know, if somebody asked what it was, like what a mutilith was, and they're like, wow, I just don't know how many jarred, large, giant beasts of tentacles are, there are out there that are roving the lands. And I was like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so somewhere between around lunch, I was explaining how chaos infects giant creatures and sometimes things from the chaos mm-hmm. realm just break through, which is, I think, the lore <laughs> for Age of Sigmar for where they come from and where they go. Cotton Eye Joe, indeed. Um, but no, it's looking good. Uh, like I said, edge highlight, dry brush, and it's in some color changes on the tentacles just to get them perfect to where I want them to be. And then, uh, otherwise, I, I'm getting pretty close to ready, guys. So by the end of this, I should be not just okay, but really good. Awesome. Uh, I'm debating if I want to get a stormcast to add to his talons or his tentacles Ooh. to like have him ripped in half. Right. If I have the time, maybe I'll get in nice. there too. You got You have to. You have to do something. You have to make it replaceable, so you can swap it out depending on what army you're facing. Oh, uh, I mean, I like that too. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have extra chaos warriors. I could do that. I have plenty of extra skaven, but I feel like that's just picking on picking on the little guy, and I'd feel bad. Yeah, yeah. So you got to be like Cities of Sigmar. You got to get you know Eric to paint you a model that you can put in his talents. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, I like where your head's at, Josh. But I, I've I've seen. Fast and the Furious, and I just don't like where that goes over playing for pink stuff, right, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing stronger than family. <laughs> right, <It's> dumb. Right. <laughs> nice. Nice. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> speaking of getting my model done before everybody else, uh, Eric, would you like to talk about the victory condition? All right. In this episode, we are going to be talking about our impressions of the new Centered Fate box. I already said it once, but I'll say it again. Thank you to Games Workshop for sending us a review copy so we could consume it, play some games, and share our thoughts with you, the listener. Uh, whether you've got it in your hands, uh, had it in your hands for a while, poured through any blogs or um, posts or videos about it, uh, we're going to share our take, uh, and we hope you enjoy it. So uh, let's start with our first impressions of the box as a whole. Did, uh, you know, we got the box in hand. We saw it ahead of time, you know, pictures of it, what it was going to look like, how many pieces of terrain was in there. Uh, how did your first impressions of it, see it on the site compared to uh, seeing it on the table or getting your hands on it? Uh, Josh, what were some of your thoughts? So my first impressions were I was, I was super happy to see some new tree options, you know. So, um, you know, we've got three new terrain pieces there, you know, the the little bone hollow, hollow refuge, bone hole. <laughs> and then the, the two different trees with the canopies. And, and I thought that was a really nice addition because it kind of makes it more, a lot more uh, lived in than, than we had in the previous set. Uh, and I, and I really love the model range that they have in these, you know, I was really taken with the Jade Obelisk, their, their scheme and, and, you know, just, just how they paint the models up and the chameleon skinks look awesome as well. So I, you know, definitely, would like to try them at some point in the future if I don't face them at some point. Yeah, Vint, what were your first impressions, and were you satisfied with what uh, we got in the end? Man, I'm always excited when we get new models and new stuff. Uh, I think the terrain for this, uh, I didn't really think of it before, this this terrain, and maybe I should have, but uh, one of my friends does Necromunda and does that pretty seriously, and they always have this like three or four tiered terrain. You know, you're, you're up three levels and throwing people off of gangplanks and banisters yep. and things and it, yep. it, it's really neat to see and i don't know why it didn't click before this terrain 
But I was like, man, I wonder if I could kit bash some of these into some multi-level terrain and get some like four or five story high things or build some roost for a Corvus Cabal army that may or may not be in the process, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. So, so that was my thought. The other thing I thought was like, and, and this comes from working previously where I would have shipments of the boxes come in and you'd pick up a box and every once in a while you'd be like, well, what is this? Like bricks? And it was just, it was, it's a heavy box. There's a lot to this one. So I was, I was pretty excited, you know, grabbing it and thought it was a pretty hefty, hefty grab, but you get a lot for your money in this one again. And uh, I just like it when as a hobbyist, you have two options, right? You know, if you like the skinks, great. If you don't like the skinks, fine too. You know, if you like this or that, awesome. But if, if you're brand new and you and your friends are looking at getting into Warcry, this is a great time, right? Every few months, it looks like every three months you're going to get a new box. Hey, I really like the Jade Obelisk guys, and I like the the Skinks. Por que no los dos? Why not have both, <laughs> right? And the train to play at home. You have everything you need to get started in this box. And when when people cry to the, you know, about how hard it is to like stay involved and stay in Warcry and stay in, in the hobby, this is a great way to save a ton of money, no matter where you go to buy it. And you're going to have an awesome just an awesome experience because it comes with its own cool rules. You've got forest fighting and a bunch of other things. I'm sure, I know we're going to get into later, but my initial impression was just what a great way to get somebody into the hobby. What a great way to share the hobby with your friends. And if you're not sharing, what a great diorama mm -hmm. you can build just with the box. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Josh, did you have something else you wanted to add? I was going to just mention that uh, one, one criticism that I've seen people make is that it didn't include core rules, but you know, in some of the previous expansions, like Red Harvest, whatever, they always included the core rules in the in the book, so that you would have the the newest, latest version. And and I get that, but they're also available for free online. So I mean, you know, not the narrative aspect per se, but I, I didn't think that was a takeaway from this. I still really enjoyed it. I thought I, I thought it was a good value, and it was cheaper than the main box set. So I, I think not having the core rules was yeah, fine. Yeah, no, I when we first saw it, uh, you know, it did look like it was. Um, a sparser set that we were, you know, minus one uh, of the bigger, you know, tree terrain pieces. But when I got the box and I put the uh, trees together, these are substantial. These are uh, two of these uh, trees are the biggest of the, of all of them. Uh, and they take up a lot of space. And then this uh, uh, hollow refuge, the bone hole is just a really unique piece that gives you like three or four different, directions you can uh hook bridges off of so it kind of becomes this hub piece that can really transform the table and so certainly like when you get it all on the table it is not as uh dense as uh the original box set but each piece takes up more space there's more some, somewhat more playability and diversity between them uh in terms of the heights of them having line of sight blocking so I was really happy mm -hmm. with these terrain pieces, uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to going back and getting the, the uh, Ravaged Lands Norwood uh, Watch Camp to add to this, because this was mm -hmm. the first set of the trees that, that I've built and, and painted. I really enjoyed it. The two warbands, like, uh, again, kind of just breaking new ground. Uh, the Jade Obelisk are, are beautiful, well-designed, really cool-looking. Uh, the Chameleon Skinks are adorable. A, a lot of fun to 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 see and etc. I'm excited to see how each of them plays on the table and how if you know where where the fun is and where the challenge is and that sort of stuff. Uh, but overall, I I felt like it was a it was a really good kind of addition expansion to the first set, 
and a starting place mm-hmm. if somebody want, wanted to get into the hobby and and try try it for the first time. So I, I was really I was really yeah. happy with it. And and uh, they did include uh, deployment cards that include both sets together, which I thought yeah. was great. You know, so that's you know they planned ahead, said yes, people are going to want to do this anyway. You know, you got extra levels on one of the trees; it goes up to three, and and now we got deployment cards that integrate all the set together. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that'll definitely be fun. Yep. Yep. So why don't we get to talking about uh, the two war bands that come in the box? Uh, the J- Let's start with the Jade Obelisk. And uh, what is some of the, the lore behind them? Uh, Josh, do you feel like kicking us off on that? Definitely. Um, you know, so the Jade Obelisk, they, they're a group of humans that lived in this cavern city called Vexel Skull. You know, back in the before the Age of Chaos, and and when Chaos was invading and, and taking down the cities, uh, there was just this jade citadel of Nefrakar left, and the the Mason King had found this giant uh, obelisk of jade and uh, chiseled all these runes into it. And it turns out there's a trapped demon in there, but uh, the demon offered them a trade. You know, so you know. Uh, worship me and I will help you survive the age of chaos. And, and so they did, they took the pact and they, they gained these new abilities where they, they, they started slowly turning the skin and gained a measure of power and strength. Um, but now they're also cursed for they're continuing to turn into stone, become brittle and falling apart. So they have to continue to sacrifice people, take their live hearts and feed them to the idol arts so that the, this demon in the crystal, the speaker in the stone, can continue to gain power and will delay the curse. So they they, they kind of kind of saved them, but with the you know ball and chain kind of attached to the deal. So so they've traveled here you know to the to the Narwood because the speaker in the stone is extremely jealous when other people worship things that aren't it, and it had found out about the ravening ruin and all of these different idols of you know the Slan and other sorts of lizard type creatures. And it said, go destroy it. <laughs> so, um, one of the neatest things I think about the warband is that they they use their abilities and sacrifices to turn their victims into jade. And then they carve them into the weapons and armor and tools that they use. So I thought that, that was yeah. absolutely hilarious. Uh, you know, they're skilled masons. They continue to, to work that pr- profession and... and uh, improve their art they just do it with with those who've been turned into jade or pillars of jade and they leave these jade obelisks throughout the areas as they as they travel through and even use them to to create their sanctuaries within the weird lights so i, yeah. I thought that was pretty could sweet. you imagine converting one of these armies to where their weapons are body parts of their opponents <laughs> right, uh, right like jade yeah, yeah, or hammers <laughs> with faces you know um <laughs> Yeah, beating somebody with their own arm. <laughs> uh, no, uh, these guys are are really cool. So, what are some of the things that, in terms of, well, we can get we can get into the quests and stuff like that. But in terms of, you were really drawn to this army, Josh. Uh, kind of a love at first sight. Uh, what was it that uh, drew you to them from a visual standpoint before you even knew any of the lore? Uh, I think, you know, Age of Sigmar doesn't have a lot of, well, even Warhammer Fantasy didn't really have a lot of Middle Eastern Asian influences, you know, you know, and the Age of Sigmar came out with this new Slanish mortal range, which had a lot of sort of Asian Middle Eastern sort of influence, which was awesome. But, I, I, you know, these models, again, struck me as, you know, they have scimitars and everything else, and they 
called out to me as like, oh, these are the immortals, you know, from 300, you know, mm. the Spartans versus immortals battles, you know. And so I thought the armor and the helmet, you know, and the jade masks and, and the variety of different uh, scimitars and weaponry just really called out to me. I thought it was amazing that the guy was carrying an obelisk on his back. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And I think Vin had a similar impression, but yeah. Yeah. Vin, what were your thoughts on these guys? I was super taken with their aesthetic too. I was like, oh man, these look like uh, Jabberwockies. These look, and, and I think both Josh and I liked them for similar reasons, right? The aesthetic is cool. When I found out the lore and that they were Zechian and that they had kind of been bamboozled, I thought that was really cool. I liked that they were, you know, they, they form and mason things and use magic crystals. I was like, this is kind of f- cool and I can do some kind of fun tongue and cheek stuff with it. I think taking the obelisk on the back yeah. and like painting, if I can get really good at freehand painting a face on mm-hmm. it or something, or even just like taking a face of like an elf or a human um, and like shaving yep. it off and putting it on there or even taking like spirit hosts yeah. and having those coming <laughs> right. out of it. Like I saw a lot of conversions right away. I saw a lot of really cool models. They looked fun. Uh, there's an archer in it, which meant that it wasn't all just going to be, we only do magic. There's actually some archery to it. And I thought that mm-hmm. was neat. Um, and the, the warband looked fun and, and differential. And I thought that was cool too. But no, I was, I was very taken with them right away as well. And then when I found out there was Ichi and I was like, well, you don't say <laughs> perfect. So, you're right, exactly what I was looking for. Uh, the the fun bit was uh, Josh and I. I think within minutes of each other, I think we were both. I saw the dots of him messaging when I was sending the message. Yep, to you. Yep. We were both like tips, <laughs> and uh, uh, so we were both very very excited to play them and uh, decided that we were going to do ours would be brothers, and they would be like semi in competition, but also like work together. Uh, to you know, this this will be your time in the sun, and then we'll go out and and I'll ha- we'll have our time in the sun and kind of alternate. And I'm excited to see both of our the ways we do this and uh, kind of join in this cool uh, joint hobby project with Josh is going to be super fun. Yeah. But you know, and then co-writing lore a little bit, which is going to be exciting. Like uh, you know, Josh is going to be like, so I won my 37th game today, and I'll be like, ah, this brother is clearly the black sheep. <laughs> He got his one win this season, and it was against a new person who's never played before. I mean, a monster. <laughs> uh, no, but I'm very excited. It's going to be a lot of fun to, to get into them. And I, I really liked the, oh, go destroy their idols bit. I thought that was fun, mm-hmm, too. Absolutely. Then let's talk about the Hunters of Huanchi. Uh, Vint, you mind if I uh, take these guys, uh, a little bit of lore background? Uh, so absolutely. when the Eye of Chotek crashed into... Uh, what is now known as the Narwood, it uh, malfunctions. A lot of its vaults were jettisoned. Their exterior vaults were jettisoned. They've created what's uh, called the Ravening Ruin. This just kind of like exploded or uh, expansive ruins from where the ship has crashed and, and scattered. And a lot of the spawning pools have malfunctioned. And uh, one of the kind of last spawning were working spawning pools created uh these guys and they are all chameleon skinks every last one of them which uh was a little bit shocking at first when we saw the first preview you know we saw a chameleon skink and i thought oh that's cool it's going to be one of them but they're all chameleon skinks and they all got these cute little puffy cheeks when they blow you blow on the blow guns 
uh, and all that kind of stuff. But they're just really well sculpted and they're really fine detailed and um, had the pleasure of painting some of them. And they were, they were gorgeous to, to paint. So, uh, but without a slon, uh, the, the slon who, let's see, I have to look this up because my pronunciation of things. Yeah. Matsopada. 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 Yeah. Uh, died in, in the crash. And so without a, uh, slon or a high ranking, uh, star priest to kind of guide the, the, the hunters, they, they kind of default to their mission, which is to, protect the vault uh especially the inner vaults uh at all times so they they uh go around the perimeters and and they uh, protect against invaders and one of the things that kind of because they were there is a particular kind of hunter uh huanchi obviously (laughs) (laughs) the story of huanchi which uh uh, is kind of where they get I, i don't know if was was the original spawn uh, or or seed that they come from? It's like a god, um, yeah. But uh, uh, so they're all spawned from that, and so there is a large idol that or or statue uh, representation of of Huanchi that they kind of gather around, or they have some some spawning pools with with reliefs and paintings and stuff of Huanchi, and then there's still a, a statue of the uh, slan Matsubara. <laughs> I'm just not going to be able to. <laughs> Uh, that's a puddle. So I'm here. Still there. That has these bejeweled eyes that uh, you know maybe can laser things. Uh, from what I gathered in the reading. Yeah, yeah. The end. Yeah, and so actually, when uh, the first expedition into the Gnarlwood by Ventalix, uh, Talax came to kind of uh, plunder the goods, the treasures from uh, the Eye of Chotek. He came and he named it Talaxis after himself because that's what all good, uh, you know, co- human colonizers uh, do is they <laughs> name things for whatever the hell they want. And uh, it was the hunters of Huanchi that uh, ambushed uh, his um, adventuring party, uh, killed them, almost almost killed them all. But uh, Ven Talax was able to escape with some of the treasures and take it back to where he came from and spread the rumor and now that is why there are so many war bands and such uh, that have come to the Norwood to to the ravening ruin to to plunder its goods and uh, they are an ambushing force they are light on their feet they disappear and reappear and they have a, a just a small like I said they're mostly chameleon skinks and then some terror wings which are these Kind of like smaller pterodactyl flying dinosaurs uh, that kind of uh, complement them very well. So, what did you guys think about these guys? Anything that uh, stood out for you? Yeah. So, as, as part of the lore, they describe that um, you know, as you mentioned, that they, they have this statue of Matsupata that they worship, and there are these they call them mirror pools that are underneath the statue. And they they talk about going out and they're on the outskirts trying to keep everything away or lead them away. And uh, because the Gnarlwood is so primal and there's this overpowering essence of Gur that they have a risk of succumbing to their normal primal urges and kind of going feral. So they have to come back and bathe in these mirror pools to purify themselves and like reaffirm their purpose. So I thought that was really interesting. And, um, you know, as the lore also says that, their their spawning was indicated, you know, was dictated by 
Matsupato, you know, as the ship was crashing, like one last spawning, and it was all of them, and that's mm-hmm. it. There's no more, you know. So you know they can't reproduce or anything else. So there are it talks. There about, are a few, like very few, like seem like maybe a handful of like swords. Well, there's there's They're feral swords. There's a handful of skinks that can repair the spawning pool, but it's like slow work. So I think that there is they they seeded in this um, in the the stealth and stone a little bit of hope mm-hmm. that maybe they can get some of these repaired. Okay, okay, yeah, because yeah, it's pretty, you know, like oh yeah, they're gonna run out of yep. lives because there's it's kind of limited, you know. I was like, oh boy, yeah. that's a little rough. Yeah. A couple other cool like just lore pieces. They talk about what's called spine crawler webs, which uh, are you know these nightmarish cats in the cradle glistening webs that are spun between dead gnarled oaks. I don't know if spine crawlers are a particular ally that might come to uh, to the game in the future or critter or something. Yeah, they're arthropods. So they're, you know, and they say they have thousands of legs. So they must be like millipedes, yeah, yeah. you know, giant. So not quite. And they, and they use their legs to suck the marrow out of creatures. So it's like, oh yeah. boy. So maybe we'll get something <laughs> like that in the future. There's what's called the weird lights, which are these uh, globes, glowing globes that float in the forest and they radiate uh, chaotic energies and you can, can transform, like mutate uh, uh, beings that are in their kind of light too long and even the gnarl oaks kind of stay away from them. And that's sort of where the um, jade obelisk have been able to, because of their work with this, with their stones that kind of absorb some of the light or that energy, uh, they're able to kind of like be in that space where most inhabitants of the forest are not. Uh, but I think mm-hmm. that would be, had this thought pop in my head of like having a weird light model that could float around the board. And if you get too close to it, you're rolling a dice or, or if you get too close to it, you get marked. And if that model like gets injured, maybe there's like a mutation role, like in the old Mordheim, right. that would be kind of cool right. to be able to like mutate become a chaos yeah spawn. yeah even if regardless of what warband you have that you could you could spawn a, uh get a chaos spawn out of it um and it would murder the rest of your warband of course but random, yeah, random. you know so uh, just some other cool pieces of lore that that uh, i thought were really cool additions uh here yeah a couple on top of that um you know it does you know in the in the original book it has this map of the area mm-hmm. and then this this new book, they have the same map, but they've added some things. They added the weird lights. Well, the weird lights were there before, but they added some more information about the weird lights and the spine crawler webs. But they added the Matsupadal's gaze and the pillars of jade, and also an area they called the Sundered Scales. And the Sundered Scales are essentially the vaults that Eric was talking about that have, you know, dispersed all the way around the ruins mm-hmm. as part of the crash. So I thought it was really cool that they're kind of updating the map as we go along and learn more about this particular area. Yep. And um, as we get as closer to yep. the ruin, we get more and more information. Yeah, and 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 I think we said it would just to reiterate: the hunters are protecting kind of the vaults that jettison from the uh, main ship, mm-hmm. so they're kind of in the outskirts, and the, the more feral croxigor or like um, saurus are down deeper in the vaults, protecting the inner vaults. Uh, so they're certainly teeing up for something more uh, in the future, which is which should be cool. And one other really big lore aspect I thought that they introduced is that, you know, they say as we get closer, that all the predators are bigger and nastier, that the narlokes are getting yeah. 
larger and 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 one part of that i thought was particularly interesting because they said the narlocks get so large that they can strangle like stegosaurs with their their roots the stegodons thank you but that they can't move around as much but they delve so deeply in the earth with these large roots that they form these caverns and they have their own ecosystems which is a direct tie-in to the underworlds which i thought was perfect you know they're kind of blending those two together and explaining how that happened and why they're there that's awesome that's awesome. Anything else you guys want to add from the lore or, you know, the stories that we're getting in this, uh, in the book? Uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking if they've got, you know, if you go deeper, you'll get the more feral source. I think it'd be cool to get a, you know, a new source kit. Uh, you know, maybe we get a new Croxagore kit out of a, an mm. Underworlds release. Mm-hmm. And that'd be super cool. Maybe there'll be more of a running, a running uh, band. You've got the Chameleon Skinks and now here's your that would be cool. Croxagore. I think that'd be neat. All right. Well, let's talk about the terrain a little bit. And as happened in the first one, we get uh, the terrain in in the book. Some of the terrain has new rules with it. And it's not always the easiest to remember as you're playing, but uh, there's only kind of a few things. So first we get uh, the hollow refuge, which is sort of a a single vertebrae of one of these, you know, uh, fantastic, you know, megadons or some huge beast. And it's been hollowed out. There's a little bit of a, a charnel pit of, you know, scavenged uh, bones and that sort of stuff and some bamboo structures on top of it. Um, it has a special rule that if you are in that lower kind of area, then you can take, uh, you can make the take cover, take cover reaction without forfeiting any actions or in the case of narrative, mm-hmm. uh, any uh, renown. So that's, that's pretty cool. Tuck yourself down in there. It also has that uh, stretched skin that we saw in some of the previews and we were trying to figure out if it came like from the ogre encampment or somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So that's, I think that's where it kind of yep. came from. And it does say that the canopies, specifically it says it on the Hollow Refuge, but I would carry that over to the other ones, that you cannot uh, scale the canopies. So you can't set models on top mm-hmm. of those uh, canopies, which would kind of make them out of reach. Um, yeah, that's kind of a no-no. We, it's got some of the same scattered terrain, so everything you're used to from the first box. Then we've got our two gnarl oaks. Now these aren't anything uh, real special, except for obviously uh, one of them has a line of sight blocking wall and a large canopy over to the top, uh, which could be line of sight blocking from the top as well, right? And then mm-hmm. uh, the other one that has a third platform compared to the original one that has uh, just the two platforms. No new special rules for those. No. I like how they painted the canopies in different skin colors. That was kind of cool. You know, there's like some of them have patterns of fur and some are like regular leather. Yeah, that was way more inventive than how I painted mine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At least my plan. (laughs) Um, But like we said before, they're both very, these are all very substantial pieces. They, they, they hold their own weight on the table compared to the original set. They feel like they bring a lot of variety to it. And it's, it's really cool to see them all on the table at one time. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely like an Ewok village uh, going on now. Yeah. I, that was my thought on it. It, it really like yeah. completes the Ewok village yep. motif. And I definitely want to go buy like goods and services <laughs> from the little shop piece. Um, I don't know why in my head I was like, oh, this looks like the little shop piece from Necromunda. And I, I just can't get it. I can't have to put see a sign. It, so it is perfect. Because there's like this. I was going to say, you're going to have to set a sign out for uh, out front. Hang a shingle. <laughs> I was going to say, there's this new twist. Well, there's two, two new twists that kind of come with this box. One of them is 
if you're up in a raised area, you'll take damage at the end of each turn. And the other one is like acidic floor or acidic mud. You take you take two damage at the end of every turn when you're on the ground. So having this like Ewok village, you know, could go either yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, if you get enough of these uh, trees and the walkways, you could play the floor as lava. Exactly. And just be exactly. Uh, walking around. <laughs> so then, the next thing we got was just uh, and unexpectedly was uh, what's called forest tactics, and these are uh, some add-on rules. So if you've got the main rules and all the, you know, your rules, your opponent's rules, all that kind of stuff down pat, and you want to add another layer, these are the forest tactics, and there are six sort of choices. And uh, it plays a lot like, uh, this is a mechanic similar to like the Siege uh, game that came out for Age of Sigmar, and I saw it, oh, in the in the campaign arc, which we'll talk about later. Similarly, the an option to choose something prior to the game starting without your opponent knowing what you chose and without you knowing what they chose. Right. And Mm -hmm. uh, you can sort of reveal it. Like you pick, you reveal it and it has an effect on the game. And in the case of the forest tactics, uh, we have uh, six options. We can forage, which means uh, I don't know if you want to, I'll just read through these forage. You can place traps. Mm -hmm. You can wrangle a beast. You can modify equipment. You can lay in, lay in ambush, and you can go native. Uh, so those are six pieces. Why don't we just go through, is there, uh, Vint, was there one of these that you've read through that you're like, uh, that one seems like a really good option for my warband? Um, being that I'm kind of in flux with my warbands right now, I mean, lay in ambush, that, that one kind of, I don't know, that one seemed good. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is just because I'm I'm not quite sure what, what warband is next. I'm not quite sure which one you know, stood out the most. Lay in ambush is pick one friendly fighter on the battlefield with a wound characteristic of 20 or less. That fighter makes a bonus move action. Uh, so can't get your monster too, you know, further in to the battlefield, but, you know, uh, some of your other stuff can get further in. Well, and that's, I liked it because like you can take um, most, you know, most fighters are going to be under 20 wounds and for the stuff I'm looking at. And so a non, pretty much a non-hero fighter being, and I play a lot of bespoke bands, can get into position. So after, after I see where things are going to be, I can kind of get out there and grab something. Or in the case of Corvus Caval, yeah. get up somewhere um, and get somebody <laughs> up a little higher. And that's that's awesome. what I liked about that one. Josh, did one stand out for you? Uh, well, let me let me just kind of do a quick cap on what each of them are, just in case our listeners don't have the book. Or well, I was I was gonna I wanted to jump around rather than grab all okay. of them. All right. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. Um, then yeah, mine, my favorite was probably modify equipment where you get to pick a friendly fighter. If they have a toughness of five or more, you can add one to the move characteristic of the fighter. And then for the first move action, they make each battle round. If they have a toughness of four or more or four or less, I'm rather each time they're allocated damage by anything other than an attack action, you subtract one from the damage. I thought that was mm. kind of cool. No, that's really cool. Especially if you mm-hmm. want to, yeah, take that tough five, uh, and make them a little bit faster. Uh, give them a little more oomph. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. The uh, allocating damage points by anything other than attack action would be good against abilities. Yeah, or reactions. Yep, or place traps, which is another one mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. One I really liked, uh, and I'm trying to figure out how to work this into my Cities of Sigmar, mm-hmm. um, is the Wrangle a Beast. I knew it. Yes. Uh, because I've got these little little mechanical roly polies that I wanted to play as Griffhounds. This is a good one. It is a good uh, one. And so I'll probably play them as either um, 
Raptrixes or as, uh, you know, one of the other uh, wandering beasts. But it's pick one friendly fighter on the battlefield and one fighter with a wounds characteristic of 10 or less that is not in your war, not in your warband and that has the thrall rune mark set up set up the thrall on the battlefield within three inches of a friendly fighter. Uh, basically, you can add them to your warband if your model uh, does not have the trapper. So you pick a thrall, which is one of these wandering beast type of things, mm-hmm. and you pick them all on your warband. And if it has the trapper ability, then you're kind of good to go. But if it doesn't, then both you and the thrall take damage. And and the most important thing is the thrall does not have to have the same grand alliance from mark as your warband, right? So that actually allows order to take thralls, which they can't normally. Huge. That what I don't what I wasn't sure on this one is uh, it's so it says it's not added to your warband roster. Mm-hmm. Is it does it have to fit within your thousand point limit? No, no, it's just completely on top, and that's why it goes it goes away at the end of the game. You, you right. as it says, it escapes or you put it down. Yeah, so it's just like a bonus fighter for that yep. game, and that's it. Yep. So I thought that was a fun one for if you wanted to add a little bit of extra uh, models on the board and activations. Uh, if you've got a warband that has plenty of trappers in it, which you know uh, some of the Ko do, some of the Sylvaneth do, et cetera, et cetera. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. It's kind of a fun one to, to check out. Any yeah, other ones that you guys want to chat about? Uh, the Forge I thought was interesting because, again, you know, kind of like the, the Trapper is important for the Wrangle of Beasts and placing traps. The mm-hmm. Scout rune mark is important for the Forge, you know, so you don't take damage. Uh, I thought it was nice that they kind of added these tactics for specific types of rune marks. It's like, oh, maybe I want this rune mark so I could use this tactic. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, and it gives you, you can use it even if you don't have that scout rune mark. If you have the scout rune mark, it gives you those little advantage, uh, which right. is really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and the last ability I thought was pretty cool. You know, it's, it's an interesting tactic. It's called the Go Native. Uh, you can pick one friendly fighter. That fighter cannot use any abilities this battle, but they cannot be affected by rules on twist cards or enemy abilities. So they're like, <laughs> they're like a null model, right? Not affected yeah. by anything, can't use any abilities. <laughs> Yeah, which there's there's a number of um, you know what is the Seraphon ability the the big bite where it's like dice ability added onto your damage mm-hmm. then I guess that wouldn't be added correct right yeah no, exactly just and and the kind of description of it is, is one of your fighters has completely lost their marbles their movements are furtive and their armor is festooned with fetishes. Despite this, they seem completely at ease in the dense Narwood and avoid harm with seemingly supernatural ability. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just kind of a, a really fun, you know, uh, way to have not not an invulnerable or an immortal or invulnerable, but certainly uh, a, a harder thing to pin down for warbands that are used to using their abilities to buff. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah. yes, uh, very cool. I think there's a couple of these like place traps that would be really fun for adding onto sieges. Mm-hmm. And a few things like that that could be uh, pretty cool. So uh, something to think about. Uh, have, I have not played it yet. Uh, Mike and I were going to uh, play it, but since we were playing on my uh, Labyrinth of Talaxis, we kind of forgot it. We we're like, hey, let's not add another layer at this time. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. looking forward to playing it in the future. Hopefully maybe this next uh, game night. Yeah, definitely. All right. Then uh, let's uh, just tack. I'd like to go a little quick through the quests uh, and the backgrounds for the two armies, Jade Obelisk and whatnot. So um, 
Josh, do you want to run through the Jade Obelisk quests and backgrounds and stuff? And yeah, yeah. So like? the main thing is, you know, just like we had in the previous uh, books, the the Jade Obelisk have three different quests unique to them. One is it's called the Path of Splintered Limbs, which gives you know you pick an art, art, a particular artifact that's unique to that warband. The other is called Behold the Obelisk, and again it has heroic traits which are unique to that particular warband. And then the third is the Broken Faith, when you get a, you know, kind of doing this, just like in all the other ones, you do a quest, a unique scenario that gives you the special location encampment for this particular warband, which is called Palace of Jade, which are nine obelisks of jade, you know, kind of. Um, so, you know, and, and both warbands have this sort of kind of setup, just like we had in the previous versions. But they're all unique flavor, they have unique names and abilities, and uh, a lot of them are really cool. Yeah, so. Yeah. Feels like you need to get another Storm Vault set of terrain and uh, paint it up for these guys. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, I just got to print off a bunch of these crystal shapes and then you can hey. have some obelisks on the board. There we go. There we go. Awesome. Uh, for the hunters, we have uh, Patrol the Gnarlwood, uh, which is their artifact list. So they've got a unique artifact list. Feathered Cloak, isn't that something from uh, the Age of Sigmar? No, it's something similar, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they, get uh, so they, they can get the fly rune mark, which is pretty mm-hmm. cool. Uh, then we've got uh, hundreds of the their ally, no, their hero special abilities, their heroic oh, traits. Heroic traits. There we go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Huanchis, so very similar to what you got before. And then we've got uh, Scour the Gnarlwood, uh, Flee the Forest, which is where they get their own encampment and their own uh, charged bolas. Mm-hmm. I, I have to mention at this point. There's one artifact in the list that for the Huanchi that is, I think, pretty amazing. The Feather Cloak is cool because you get the Flywing Mark for that activation. But the Shield of Talaxis, add one to the toughness characteristic of the bearer. In addition, once per battle, when the bearer uses an ability, a double can be treated as a triple or a triple can be treated as a quad. Oh, that is strong. Absolutely. Uh, I was like, oh, that's pretty sweet. You, know, you get that <laughs> key moment in the game, you bust that out, you're good. <laughs> absolutely absolutely but yeah and so they've got their own artifact uh table as well lesser artifact table if you have uh, uh can obtain that encampment location the heavenly pool so that's you know so unique quests and backgrounds for these and obviously we're gonna get some version of that for the old war bands and upcoming white dwarves um i know some of them don't have all of the bells and whistles yet yet uh, maybe in a future tall champion Mm-hmm. Cool. Then this uh, comes with campaign arcs, two of them. The first one, the War of Stealth and Stone, which is specifically a um, Hunters of Huanchi versus the Jade Obelisk kind of back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. So if you pick up the box and you and a, a friend uh, each take one of the war bands, then uh, this campaign arc would let you kind of try them out, play them, and see who wins, see who's better. Exactly. And then the other arc is uh, the Trial by F- of Fire. And this one uh, you can play with uh, many warbands. And basically you have two teams, the Trailblazers and the Preservers. And uh, you're playing different games and your successes and failures uh, go towards your team and how you stack up to in the end. Yep. And you choose different tactics, much like... Like in the original book, you know, with the Rotmire Creed and the Horns of Hashut, they had something similar for the multiplayer aspect where 
you had two sort two forces. One was trying to take out an encampment, one was protecting it, and you could choose different tactics for each game, and that determined which kind of game you played and what the results might be. This is very yeah. similar. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. So lots of of fun things here. I mean, what does this does this book and this release does it give you any more sense about what you think might be coming next? <laughs> Great question. I know, you know, the map has got all sorts of cool stuff on it. And I think there's a lot of speculation out there in terms of, okay, so, so far we're seeing a pattern, right? You know, the first release, we had a Nurgle aligned, you know, warband. This, in the second release, we had a Zinchian aligned warband. So people are speculating that, okay, we should get a Korin aligned warband and a Slanesh aligned warband. So Sure. What that looks like, that that will be interesting to kind of try and figure out. And, um, you know, some of our questions, our listener questions kind of touch on this. So I won't go too much into that. Yeah. I mean, would we say that obviously the skinks are order? Um, Are the horns of her shut are chaos, but they're not one of the four primary guys. Exactly. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. a little askew. So we would think that maybe there would be a since we're in Gur, maybe one of the next two warbands would be a um, a destruction warband. That, that's my suspicion. And both, I mean, green sp- ogres have a little bit of place here. The eater mm-hmm. pits. Yep. They haven't talked yep. as much about gits. Have uh, some yeah, but maybe maybe the gits have something to do with the spine crawlers, right? Well, there's actually the the fang horn uh, or the not the. What's it called? Uh, let, let me check out the map again. There's a large mushroom in the forest where the Gits live. There's a giant mushroom city. Sure. Okay. But yeah, but no orcs have been mentioned. Uh, the great stink horn. Yeah, that's the, those are the, the stink. Gits. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking because the Dankhold Chogoth, one of the, like the big one, mm-hmm. has in one of his hands, the model has this centipede thing. Right. Uh, so I'm wondering if that, I don't know. Uh, Maybe that could be an ally or something like that. Maybe it's mm-hmm. the spine crawler could be an ally or another Trogoth or something like that as an ally. I mean, and then. Yeah, I mean, the the map has got, you know, kind of places for, it looks like vampire, soul blight perhaps. Uh, there there actually is some place that looks like it could be Oryx. You know, it could be flesh eater quartz in one. Definitely yep. has a, um, you know, a coronate mark on one place. Uh, the Bone Monasteries is, is close to that. That'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see what that is. A vampire warband for for uh, Warcry would be pretty amazing. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, it could be either Count Moltair's Blood Hunt. That certainly sounds like vampiric. And there's also Dead Fang's Tower, which has got you know bat wings, mm-hmm. and uh, you know so either one of those could be soul blight related. Yeah. All right. Well, and are we've been speculating in the past on are we gonna what's the next box terrain gonna look like? Are we gonna get into uh, the Eye of Chotek? Are we going to? see some ruins in the next uh the next box i i feel like you know i I think they're gonna save any like in-depth ruins for the very last one but i i think the next one we should definitely get more seraphon type okay my hope so because yeah i don't think they're gonna go with more trees right because you've gotten both of the first two sets you know you've got a huge table of trees like the the epitome of a forest table and so I definitely see them moving on to something else, whether yeah, more jade and obsidian statues, sure. maybe. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, maybe statues that have uh, walkways around them where they're carving them out or, or scaffolding um, mm-hmm. could be really yeah. cool. Awesome. 
any other thoughts before we get to some listener questions? All right. No, I think that's good. Josh, how do we navigate all these listener questions? There's too many. There, there are many. There are many. And I think we covered a lot of them, which is good. And how, how do listeners get questions? Well, you know, very importantly, they have to come to the Mortal Realms Discord, which is the mortalrealms.com backslash Discord. And when we, you know, we'll, when we have a podcast coming up for any variety of podcasts, we will submit, hey, what questions do you have for this topic? And that's how we get these listener questions. And we have, like you said, quite a few. Um, you know, so we'll dive right in. Darth Alec asks, how sundered was that fate? Wow. You know, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, big questions. I mean, I feel like the Jade Obelisks, their fate was pretty sundered by that, uh, that speaker. That speaker in the stone, right? In the oh, stone definitely. really, really put one over on them. And the hunters, man, you know, they, 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 they got born right out into this mess of a ruined spaceship and they're like, oh, we got to be Super sundered. <laughs> exactly. And well, yeah. And the Jade Obelisks are trying to sunder more things, right? Exactly. Their fate is to sunder. Mm-hmm. It's, there's just sundering all over the place. And, and, you know, there's an area that they're all fighting in called the Sundered Scales, you know, because there it we looks go. Like they says from the air, all these ruins that are scattered around the actual eye of Chotek look like scales from a large beast. Mm. So I think that's kind of what drove the name. Which was probably <laughs> also sundered. Exactly. You know, when you really so 100% it. sundered exactly. uh, was this fate. Um, and his second question is, do you feel there's an overarching arch to these boxes? And, you know, I'll, I'll say, I think we're getting closer to the center. I think that's the overall theme. Yeah. But how about you guys? Yeah, I mean, I think that since the map is showing more of exactly where, you know, the scales are, where the Watsalpota statue is. Right. Um, you know, I think that's starting to give us a hint of where we're heading. Um, mm-hmm. so absolutely. I think we're just, we're moving deeper. We got a little bit more information on Ven Talax and the fate of his, uh, his, uh, expedition, mm-hmm. uh, at the hands of the hunters. Um, and we've got more mysterious things happening in the gnarled oak with the, the weird lights. So any thoughts, Fint? All right. To that? Um, no, I mean, I think, I think that okay. covers. All right. No, that's perfect. That's fair. That's <laughs> as fair. far as it goes. <laughs> Yeah. All right, our next couple of questions are from Damir. Do you think the Skink Warband means we will be seeing even more non-Chaos Warbands, perhaps even a Gitz Warband? I think we kind of touched on that a little bit. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I think I, I'd, put my, I'd put my money on a... Well, I'm not going to put money. I don't like putting money on things. I don't gamble. Your virtual money. Bad, virtual money. My virtual money. I put my reputation... Which isn't that high either. Um, on, uh, I, I, I think that we're going to get a destruction warband. And I would probably say not gets because we got, because we got skinks as much like a kind of a horde or like a lot of different, it's a large model count warband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to get something a little different. I could see us getting like a, uh, I don't know with, with maybe a, I think we'll get something with the, um, cruel boys. Um, that makes sense. Yeah, they get a lot of trapper root marks and stuff That'd like be that. That'd really cool. Yeah. Right into the forest tactics, actually. Yeah, uh, and then maybe, oh man, I would love to see a vampire. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely think we'll see a death faction. But uh, what's tough there is because the death, there's a lot. Like if you go um, AO with the Age of Sigmar warbands, you get a lot of good options in death. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it'd be, I wouldn't know what direction they would go. Uh, that 
you know, isn't already available with the Age of Sigmar stuff. So sure. you'd have to go in a like completely new direction with death, which I just don't know what we do. Go more feral vampire. Flesh of your yeah. yeah, I mean, it would be, yeah, it'd be cool to see some feral vamps. Yeah, well, Dormir's second question was, what mini from this set has the best sculpt? Mm. What's your opinion, Finn? What's your favorite sculpt? Uh, I like the... So, for me, the, any of the Jade Obelisks with the mask, uh, but I like the one with the heart. I forget what her name is. But oh, she's okay, got the yes. Heart the priest, right priestess. Yes. Gives me gives me some uh, some real big uh, uh, oh yeah Indiana definitely. Jones feels definitely Temple of Doom <laughs> yeah how about you Eric yeah definitely <laughs> um I I really dig I really dig the the skinks um and I I could say one but they're all sort of like the same thing in many iterations but specifically there's a couple of skinks that are like just hanging off of branches you know with their blowpipes ready to like you know, pounce down or, or shoot run kind of thing. And really enjoyed kind of the look of all those guys. So that's his kinks. Yeah. My favorite is probably the, the obelisk bear with his two scimitars out and the obelisk in the back. It looks pretty cool, but I also love the Huanot's claws from the, from the Seraphon force where they've got the masks that project the, the roar of a carnosaur. Those guys mm-hmm. are pretty sweet too. Yeah. Yep. Very cool. All right. Our next question is from Toast. What non-Chaos Warband would you love to see come to Warcry? Man, we keep getting ahead of ourselves. Well, you know, well, this is like broader than what we think is <laughs> on the map, though. What would you like to see the non-Chaos come to Warcry? Hmm. Non-Chaos come to Warcry. I, I think for me, right, if uh, being that Underworld just came out with goblins that are playing as knights... I think a like decked out in heraldry flesh eater courts group of like pontificating aberrants or like abhorrent ghoul kings and you know like groveling or or like smarmy looking uh, ghouls. I think yeah, it would just hilarious. be a lot Pounce of fun. de Leon. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're just gonna give Mike more ideas for his program. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I would say, um, and I think I, I might have mentioned this in, uh, if this, I don't know if this is going to come up for our uh, Sigmaralia, uh, Sigmaralia, um, a Witch Hunters Warband uh, would be really yeah. cool. Yeah, um, definitely. Pulling out of the, the cities of Sigmar and a little little askew, because, um, man, yeah, that that would be really cool. Or, or even, like, you could go more like, here I'll go this way because I've got a few like odds and ends uh, models from the cities of Sigmar and stuff, and like I have like uh, an academic with a telescope, and I've got um, a uh, acolyte with a book on his back. You know, like some sort of like archaeologists. Uh, Ooh, you know, that, that's with, a cool idea. Yeah, with like a few academics band. and uh, their heroes, their their bodyguards, the mercenaries that are bringing them there. Maybe mm-hmm. throw an ogre mercenary in there. A Van oh. Talix warband. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, there we go. A Van uh, Talix uh, warband would be pretty cool. That would be that very is, cool. That's a, that's a nice idea. I love that. I love that. Uh, I think um, I love the the Kurnothi and Kurnoth themes of the Sylvaneth. Mm-hmm. I would love mm-hmm. to see them develop that further and get some sort of Kurnothi warband in advance that particular aspect of Alariel in the Sylvaneth somewhere. 
Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's been great for the chaos to have all the, the Warcry Warbands to just add and scatter in and stuff and no need to make like different boxes or, you know, kits for like a whole unit of a certain type of thing. You could do the same for Sylvaneth and have more Karnathi join the fray for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. All right. We have a, a bunch of questions from Chrisling. Uh, first question is, does the lore progress and take us closer to finding Talysis itself? I'd say yes. Yeah. Uh, do you know anybody have any opinions on that? Yeah, okay. Luckily. Next question <laughs> is, how delicate is the connection between the obelisk bearer and their obelisk holder? I think he means on the model itself. Maybe. Yep, yep. In terms of, uh, I think the lore itself just says that they entrust their most, or their most competent fighter with the obelisk because... If the obelisk is destroyed, then everybody else in the warband is tortured uh, a, a feat called crushing, where they're all crushed to death if the obelisk Ooh. happens to be destroyed. So <laughs> I, I think they're pretty pretty close to it because they, they know that everybody's going to suffer if they are taken. Nice. So like, if we kill that model, does you, do you have to flee the, the table? No, no, it's not like the old, you know, undead armies in Warhammer Fantasy, where your your lord died and the whole army disappeared. <laughs> yeah. Have you assembled your models yet? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got my, I got the first set all nice. put together. I did a couple of test games with them too. In Spanish. Is they're pretty cool. Going off of this question in a different direction, how strong or how weak is the connection of that stone to the 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 obelisk bear? Like, the is it like? A couple of small threads that are holding it on. Oh, he's got three connection points, so it's actually fairly sturdy. It's actually fairly sturdy. Uh, and and, and gameplay-wise, I think it's interesting because um, a lot of the abilities resolve from visible models holding the the Art Obelisk and or the Priestess. And the fact that came out recently, it says models are not visible to themselves. So it does it does make it. Um, uh, a possibility, interesting, to add a second obelisk bearer because the obelisk bearer itself cannot take benefit of some of the abilities that require mm-hmm. the obelisk. So that, that'd be an interesting tactic going forward. Interesting. All right. Yeah. So next question. Has the speaker in the stone interacted with other civilizations than the Jade Obelisks one? I have not seen anything in the lore that suggests that. I don't know if anybody who's read like the Zinch Battle Tome or anything has seen any hints or not. No, he's not in the Zeech Battle Tome. You know, but but often these games, like especially with Warcry lore, the stuff we get in these books is a is a forward looking thing where we'll get more of that speaker yeah. in the stone in the future. I think it'd be really cool to you know, maybe that'll be what I do with my Corvus Cabal. They're also looking for the speaker in the stone, uh, to really to really get into it and talk to uh you know, find find yet another mm-hmm. deity to worship or they're they're finding an yeah, alternative to the great gathering. Cool I like that. Nice. All right. So the next question is: How impactful are the forest tactics? Would you incorporate them into all of your games going forward? Um, I haven't played with them yet. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Me either. I mean, I haven't I haven't tried them, but knowing what they are, I think they'll be pretty impactful. I mean, being able to as a chaos warband to just add a raptor X in. Seems good. Uh, give me that extra activation. Give me a big model that I can kind of stop or screen with. But you take damage on each of them unless you have a trap trapper wound mark. So that's the disadvantage, right? You, know, yeah. like you roll a d6, mm-hmm. you take that it's much tough. damage on each model. 
<laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I'll only roll sixes. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> I know, right? And your fury is like, oh, I've got two wounds left. <laughs> Look at how fun we are. Oh, boy. But yeah. Yeah, no, but I agree. I agree. I think. I think the concept is awesome that, you know, they like, oh, okay, you guys have been in the forest for so long. You develop some unique playing styles. That's a, a wonderful concept. And I'm definitely looking forward to trying some of these out. I have not yet tried them out. And I definitely think, you know, we can apply this in any sort of environment in games. You can kind of tweak it and say, oh, yeah, oh, we're in the catacombs again. Sweet. We've got, yeah, yeah, there's tactics for fighting in catacombs, you know, blind fighting or whatever else you want to add. You know, I, I definitely think it's a neat a mechanic that we can definitely add to to different type of uh, games and environments. Yeah, I think it'll be an ask, like, "Hey, do you want to add uh, force tactics to this one?" And uh, yep. it'll be, it'll. Right. I think it'll depend on the comfort level of, um, uh, you know, your opponent. Uh, so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. The next couple of questions are are fairly easy, so I'll just kind of go through them in sequence. The, the next one is: any more mention of ogres in the eating pits? And unfortunately, not. Perhaps. Ogres will be one of the new war bands. We'll get some more detail well, there, but nothing in this particular list, book. If you listen to, I, I think it talks a little bit about them in the ogre battle tome. Oh, but okay. maybe I just mentioned. Maybe I was talking about war cry in that episode. So go listen to the Mortal Realms episode uh, talking about the the ogre about ba- uh, Maw Tribe's battle tome, um, and there may be some information in there. I'm trying to remember, uh, but yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I will do. And the next question is for you, Eric. What are the lyrics to the Dogs of Warcry intro song? Um, I can't tell you that right now. Uh, I will say at the end of the season, I will reveal that um, because I want to uh, uh, do a couple of things with it. But if you can listen to the, the song and you can make out the lyrics, write them down and send them to me. And if you get them right, we will mention your name on the podcast uh, and uh, give you all the props for uh, getting it right. I'll, and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty loose with it. I'm not going to be too stingy, but like if, you know, if you get like one word wrong, I'll be all right with it. And and we do have t-shirts that actually have the, all the lyrics mm. on the back. Yes. So if you see us in person and we're wearing that shirt, you will know what the lyrics are. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, there is no spaces on the t-shirt. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, because just there's, like there's none in the song. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll post a picture of that to the discords for your for there your you enjoyment. Go. There you go. Perfect. All right. Our next couple questions are from current league members. Actually, nice. So Zach says, "Why is the best model the Terra Wings?" Because you said so. He's well, biased, Zach, but because no. you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but they are cute. They are cute. Uh, I really hope they were. I was hoping that they would have the thrall keyword. It was the only negative yes. I have about the terror wings because mm-hmm. boy, Oki, would those running along your cities of Sigmar be pretty cool, man? Pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. They're just like aether wings, right? You know, you think right. they, you know, have that option. Mm-hmm. But they and this next question is: Is why did they nerf blowpipe skinks to make blowpipe wanchy? Well, I think he's kind of alluding to. The blowpipe skinks in the normal Seraphon warband are different than the chameleon skinks we have in the whole yeah. hunters. Watch. I think okay. they changed the core skinks from the Seraphon warband from what they used to be 
and the Huanchi are more like what they used to be. So they kind of <laughs> shifted the regular skinks to make room for the Huanchi to be what they are. Um, gotcha. And I think primarily because if that's what was desirable, they wanted the skinks to have that, that they give that to the bespoke warband over the, the, you know, generic skinks, I guess. Um, well, one of, one of the other things too, is with the bespoke warband, how many chameleon skink abilities are there that you like that? It would feel like you got, you know, cheated out of a whole bunch of them that because Juan Chi is going to have all chameleon skink abilities, right? So mm-hmm. if they're all chameleon skinks in Juan Chi and Terra wings and things, you have all of those abilities. Whereas with a chameleon skink, I think you have one. Um, sure. Yeah, so I mean, like, like yeah. they're gonna, yeah. you're gonna adjust points and and damage and all of that based off of those abilities too. Those do play a role. Yeah. So right. Good point. Good point. Yeah. They'll have nerfed some or have they changed that. them tactically? <laughs> yeah. Like the you reactions know? are pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So also newer nerfed. models get get the best things, right? Mm-hmm. Or the better Always. things. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. The next question we have is from from Celtic. Where do you feel the the Sundered Fate Warbands stack up in the Bestoak Warbands? How do we feel they compare to to the previous eleven classic Warbands? What do you think, Josh? Um, you know, it, it's hard to say at this point. I, you know, I mean, I feel like they're all fairly comparable. You know, I think you know for, from the Jade Obelisk. You know, having played a couple games and read through their rules more, they're all toughness four. And they have a variety of like strength four, strength five attacks, but some of them are really slow, some of them are not. They've got some interesting abilities. Um, you know, I think it's fairly comparable to the other bestowed warbands. Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's a feeling that the Huanchi are on the weak side in terms of like the just the stats of them. There's no powerhouse, you know, beat stick, um, and so they're going to take some finesse or figuring out to to play them well, but. You know what? Just because something's not obvious doesn't make it bad by any means. Right. Having variety is better. But yeah, I mean, I feel like people think it's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, I feel like they they both are going to be, they're both kind of mid, mid-upper, right? Because shooting is good, um, regardless. Uh, movement is good in both of them, and then strength is good, and they both have a little bit of all of those things. Um mm-hmm. So I think you're going to be okay uh, playing them into other bespoke warbands for sure. Yeah, I don't think shooting is that good. I do a lot of shooting, but it doesn't do me that well. Yeah, it depends. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's definitely priced higher. Um, it's it it doesn't necessarily feel like it's as effective as it's priced. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think you know, and that's partly because they also changed the fact that you can't shoot into combat. Here's so what I'll say though, too, is like uh, these guys don't have any minimum range, uh, which can be a you know, if you've got shooting that has minimum right. range, it can't right. turn it off. You know that that's another kind of tax on it. But yeah, it's they've got a lot of fun tactics. I can't wait to play slippery and see how that right. feels. Yeah, yeah, the reaction ability seems pretty cool. Yeah. Much. Cool. His next question is, have you contacted GW about officially naming the terrain piece as the bone hole? Uh, no. Um, we have not. Because that's not how you're listening. But unofficially, it's official. The power of it of becoming the bone hole is not having to ask anybody. Uh, and just, uh, it's, I've, the name bone hole is happening in more places. So, 
Yep, yep. And, and, and we're podcasting it here. Yeah, so there we go. So the bone hole. <laughs> um, it, it will grow if it needs to grow. It will die if it needs right, to die. Right, right. <laughs> uh, it's almost like, too, if they make it official, it might kill it faster. Possibly, possibly. No. no. <laughs> uh, okay, Celtic's last question is, since this is kind of like a holiday episode as well, what Warcry piece are you most hoping to get this year as a gift? Vint, anything? Ooh, uh, for me, hmm, I think I would have to go with some kind of monster. Uh, maybe the the Slaughter Brute would be cool, uh, just because I think he fits thematically with a whole bunch of other things. Hmm. But yeah, I have a, a lot of the war bands in general. I uh, I just got my second box of Cipher Lords. I have twos of everything else. Twos or threes. I have so many raptor eggs, I could shake a stick at them. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, I've got to go with monsters. The Hellpit Abomination was the other one. I couldn't think of the first part of the name. Hellpit oh, Abomination yeah. would be super cool because I play plenty of Skaven. And I think it's a pretty sturdy monster. Mm-hmm. Um, and and holds up okay in the, the grand scheme of monsterness. And he plays with Skaven. And that's just cool. So Sweet. Sweet. How about you, Eric? Um, I either want um, some Taraxi, which are the flying Skitari or uh, Adeptus Mechanicus, or some more of the Cerberus Raiders, because I need some more uh, horse dudes, or uh, the Vorax uh, Battle Automata from Forge World, because I, I need some uh, jousting ostriches uh, instead of nice. demigriffs. <laughs> love it. I love it. Uh, I have to say, you know, kind of an event situation where I've got a lot of the different war bands and stuff, but I don't have all of the allies. So getting the the Formoroid Crusher and the Mimardon would actually be kind of nice. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. All right. So now we've got two more listener questions, or two more listeners with questions. Tough Ghost, have you played on the terrain cards that only use Sundered Fate? Do you feel they're, they feel as sparse as they look in the design? I have not. Um, you know, I'm thinking they would be a little sparser than the original set because you have half the scattered terrain, but I don't know if you guys have a thoughts on that. There's a, there's a weird phenomenon. The cards that are just the centered fate terrain don't have any of the scattered terrain on them. Interesting. So okay. I think it either the, the speculation either is just a, a print error or the scattered terrain was a later addition, uh, to this box. It may have been at a lower price point with just terrain or something like that. And they later decided to switch it and then added uh, that in there. But uh, no, I've, I've played with just this terrain and it, it, it plays great. I mean, I don't think it, it doesn't feel um, super sparse or anything. There's, it's just like, I mean, in, in the certain cards with the first train set, like we had tons of it from the original box and you still had cards that had like, you know, one platform and a bunch of scatter. So there's certainly some cards that, that do less and or we're used to playing with some boards that there's less terrain on the board and that's fine but it this stuff doesn't feel bad um at all anything to add to that man um i haven't i haven't gotten to try them out yet uh i found that you know i mean uh, you play with limited terrain sometimes and it it changes how it works right it can give you advantages to movement and some of the other things um, or really make like slow movement models feel punished because not only could they not get anywhere, but you could just kite them because there's nothing in your way to have to climb over or run around. Right. So, I mean, there's there's pros and cons to both. 
Yeah, definitely. All right. Tough Ghost's second question is, how would you take the remaining Chaos Gods, Slanesh, and Corn into an unexpected direction like the Jade Obelisk did for Zinch? Eric, what do you think? Corn. What if we did something that was even more bestial than uh, the latest Underworld's Warband, where they're like decked out in like horns and masks and stuff like that? And we were like, like almost like the corn's answer to the um, Flesh Eater Court. Um, just super uh, feral and, you know, like, yeah. Um, Maybe like the old skin changer, like the werewolf type. That would be cool. Yeah. Or what is the, this, this, there was a named character that was like a scrag or something like that. Um, Scarag. Yeah. Just something that's like, let's go a little demony. But I mean, the tends to be with these, right? They're, they're mortals that are uh, worshiping like the hint of a god or an aspect of one of these gods. So I guess the other way I might uh, go would be. Um, and I feel like a lot of the warbands we've gotten so far have been cornish. No, I don't have anything. I think it's just like they're more f- they're more feral than the untamed beasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. How about you, Vent? Uh, I mean, I, I like I like where you're going. I think uh, a Korgorath themed um, mm-hmm. Skullfiend tribe style coronate warband would be super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, with like new Korgorath sculpts, and it'd be neat to have those as like even like allies you can put in. Um, would be like a differential of those. Uh, I mean, stats for Scylla and Amphilgrim would be neat uh, because he's somehow made it into all sorts of other things as a Blood Bowl player, and that's kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah. For Slaneshi Warbands, I think it'd be really cool to see, you know, like a Beast Tamer thing where they're, you know, you've got, you've got like some kind of minor form of like a Glutose style character who's up on a, a group of them, you know, the, on a bigger base, kind of like the size of a Mighty Lord of Corn, except it's just some pudgy fellow eating things like bugs and other things underneath a, uh, like on a palaquin. There's the word I'm looking for. Palaquin eating funny things. And then you've got your bunch of warriors around him driving forth, like maybe two or three, but they're driving forth a herd of different chaos beasts and really taking the trapper thing to the next level. Uh, as far as like keywordy mm-hmm. stuff goes, and I think that would be super neat to see because Slaneshis, yeah, they would they would be out there doing all sorts of awful things to the animals because you know <laughs> they they don't care. <laughs> they're, they're, here, they're here for the pain, <laughs> to the pain, right? Yeah, yeah. Princess yeah. Bridey. Um, right. But no, I think Korgrath's uh, this this is their time. Like they should be in the Gnarlwood. So. Yeah, I think the previous slanish slant was more on the the pain, removing appendages and everything else. So yeah, I think it'd be interesting that they kind of if they if they did a mortal slanish warband that was focused on like improving their skills, you know, like uh, there was like, like duelists and other kinds of maybe it was a noble warband where they they left the city and they're out traveling or something like that. That kind of a neat, interesting uh, aspect to it. Nice, a disillusioned, you know, higher up, so to speak. Uh, I do. I did. Your your beast tamer gave me an idea for a Slaneshi one, um, a warband where the the fighters have hornets' nests embedded in their bodies, uh, <laughs> where they get stung by them and it like surges them, but they can also like uh, throw swarms at people. Oh, that seems. Wow. I like that idea. I don't know why that came to my mind. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. And our last listener question is from Tyriel. If you were to be part of one of the four war bands in the Gur sets, which one would you join? Mine's really easy. I would go with Chaos Legionnaires because Baylacor is Bay. He's not in one of the Gur sets, though. Yeah, but he's not. But the Chaos Legionnaires follow him. Hmm. They're they're his they're his boys. Yeah, the Chaos Legionnaires are are his. They're. Oh, but I think he's uh, saying they're the people. He's saying from the the four Gur uh, the two Gur sets, Sundered Fate and the Heart of Gur. Oh, That's what he's saying. Creed, oh, because it's the in between one. Yeah, I guess yeah, it doesn't it count. Was an extra. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that one doesn't count. No. Nope. Well, then he's Jade Obelisk because Zeech. Right. For ever, at least a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I felt like. The horns of his shit helmets are just way too bad for your neck. Yeah, I saw your post on this. <laughs> and the Rottmeyer Creed, gross, I think. I guess I would. I had said Jade, but I think maybe I'd go with the Hunters, because they'd probably just, <laughs> like, leave me alone. Well, you'd be, you got a noble cause. I guess. Yeah, I, I would I would try and, like, bathe in their mirror pools and see if it made me more skink-like. Exactly. Yeah, yeah it gives you purpose. <laughs> I, I have to lean to the jade obelisk myself. Just work that stone. Yeah, I've got you know I, I do like craft projects. You know, they kind of give you something to work on when you're not fighting. I mean, just <laughs> for not having to fear to being turned to stone alone would be a reason not to do that. <laughs> well, I think they do have that fear <laughs> turning too much stone and metal and falling apart. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. Thank you for everybody for all the questions you submitted in the Discord. Uh, loved talking about them when you asked them, but also here on the episode. So uh, love bringing Definitely. all your thoughts and questions along with us for this ride. Definitely. Awesome. Well, uh, now that we've talked about all of that, how are we feeling about this new expansion? Glad to have it in the repertoire and uh, in the mix and looking forward to uh, what they bring out next. Yeah, likewise. Same more is always better. You know, if we can get more stuff, uh, just enriches our hobby for everybody involved. And that's, yeah. that's fantastic. Definitely. You know? Yeah. So, well, uh, with that and our final thoughts all locked in, uh, feel free to check us out on discord. Eric, where can they find you when not on the discord? When not on the discord, you can find me right now. Dogs of war cry on. Tick- Sweet. How about you, Josh? You can find us at Dogs of War Cry on Twitter or at J.E. Arrington on Twitter as well. And also Dogs of War Cry at gmail.com. Nice. How about you, Vint? Uh, you can find me on uh, Dogs of, D-O-W Vint on Twitter.com. I'll be posting pictures of my Mulithia in a, in a few days. So uh, that'll be cool. You guys can check them out. Um, and then if not there, I'll be in the Discord hanging around as well. Or at your local event, if you let us know where that is. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. You guys have a good one. It's time to put a muzzle on this episode. If it was a good dog, support the show with a positive review on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast. Share it with friends. Join us for hobby discussions at themortalrealms.com backslash discord or leave a tip at themortalrealms.com backslash patreon. More content is available at themortalrealms.com and on Twitter at Dogs of Warcry.